Let me pray for us real quick as we, as we get going in our Jonah series. God, we love you, and we are thankful for you this morning. We're thankful for your presence in our lives and for the ways in which you move in our lives and, and through our lives. God, I pray that uh, as we continue this series and as we keep talking about Jonah, and today we explore the prayer that Jonah prayed in chapter 2, God, I pray that you would speak through me. God, don't let it... Uh, just be my words that are speaking, but God, would you speak through me once again, that the words that people hear would be your words for them in this place today, God. God, we give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are in a, uh, a four-week series talking about Jonah, uh, and Jonah, uh, if we're going to be in Jonah, so if you want to turn to Jonah, you can. Uh, if you need one of our pew Bibles, it's on page 654, if you're, if you're wondering, so, uh, <clears throat> but turn to Jonah with me, but even even though this is Sometimes a familiar story. It's often thought of as a, uh, a, a Sunday school story, right? I think, I think that this story has a lot to teach us as Christians when we kind of break it out of the, of the Sunday school only story and kind of let it shape our lives the way that we let the rest of Scripture shape our lives. And so last week, what we talked about uh, in, in this Jonah story, right, in a little bit of review, is Jonah, in Jonah chapter 1, Jonah gets a word from God and he says, go to Nineveh. And Jonah says, uh-uh, not going to happen, not going to go, not going to do it, I'm going to run. Right? Nineveh is this, 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 the capital of Assyria, it's, gonna, it's a very violent culture there, and, so, and, and they are kind of mortal enemies, right? But Israel and, and, and uh, Assyria are kind of, they don't like each other, like there's not even like a, a, a love-hate in this thing, it's just a hate-hate situation, right? They, they don't like each other, they, they kill each other all the time, and so... God calls Jonah and says, hey, go to Nineveh. And Nineveh says, now I've seen this story and I know how it ends. No, not going to go. So he runs and he gets on a ship. They're going the opposite direction in a long way. Some people say, some scholars say it might have taken a year for him to get there. Right? He just runs. And a storm comes. And the sailors on this ship are freaking out. Right? And Jonah says, it's my fault. You've got to throw me off the ship and everything will be better. And so they do. The storm calms down. But Jonah, at the end of chapter 1, gets swallowed by a giant fish. And that's where we start off our story for today. <clears throat> that's where we start off this morning. Let's go ahead and read that together. Jonah chapter 2, starting at verse 1. From the inside, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the deep realm, from deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me and deep surrounded me. The seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountain I sank down. The earth beneath me, beneath, barred me in forever. But you, Lord, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. 
And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now, this prayer that, that Jonah prays here, it's a, I, I think it's just a beautiful prayer. It's actually, uh, it's a Hebrew prayer. He prays it all in Hebrew, right? That's how he's, he's writing this and praying this. And, and Hebrew prayers are often thought of as, as kind of pictures. Actually, some people even call this the Psalm of Jonah, right? It's just a, it's a, it, it's a beautiful prayer that, that he prays. Uh, but I think what we need to realize is this, is this is just a snapshot. This is not the only prayer that Jonah prayed in the belly of this fish, right? I'm sure there were many prayers that sounded a lot like, help, right? Uh, but this is, this is kind of looking back, as Jonah's looking back at this experience, and he's, he says, this is the prayer that I prayed in the, in the belly of this fish. This is, this, is, this is where I was going. So I want to just go through this prayer and kind of take it slow as we go through there. I think that even just this prayer has a lot to teach us about, about our faith, about, about our, the way in which we live our lives. And so <clears throat> well, we're just going to go through this nice and slow. Verse 1, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. First of all, I, just, I, I, I love that Jonah is in a fish right now. I mean, I don't love it, but I, I love that it's part of this story. Right, talk about the ultimate way that God could get someone's attention. Right? I told you to go. You ran from me. I gave you a storm. Still didn't get you. They had to throw you overboard. And now to get your attention, you're in the belly of a fish. Right? I've got your attention now. God is able to say, Jonah, I've got you now. Right? And so he keeps, he keeps going. And he starts his prayer. In my distress... I called to the Lord, and he answered me. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. I just I, <clears throat> I want to pause for a second, and, and I want us to really grasp what Jonah is saying here. Right, in, in my distress, in my distress, right, this, the, the word here is almost like, the, 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 in, the, in the language, it's almost like, a, like a, in like childbearing pain, right? In, in my distress, like this is a, a deep pain within me. That in my distress, I called to you and you answered me. Right, think about what, we've, what we know so far about Jonah, right? Jonah was called by God to go. He said no. He ran, right? He, and God is trying to get his attention, right? But he's running from God. <clears throat> he's not living the way that, that, that God has asked him to live. And yet this guy who's not doing what God told him to do, is in the belly of a fish, and he says, in my distress, I prayed to you, and what? And you answered me. Right? Someone who's, who's not necessarily doing the things that God would have them do in his life. Right? But he, he answered me. I want us to pause and think about this, that, that, the, the, that we have the ability to call on God, the God who, who created everything, who spoke and hung the stars in place, right? who is all-knowing and all-powerful and all-present. Right? This God who created you and created me, we have the ability, even, even in times of distress, to call on him, and he answers. And that is, that is powerful to me, that, that even, even in the midst of, of disobedience, right, Jonah calls on God after basically saying, forget you, God, I'm going the other way. He calls on God, and God answers him. This is a man who, who understands kind of the power of prayer, right? 
He understands. He, he's calling out to God. He understands the power of prayer. He's a prophet, right? He, he understands God. He knows who God is. He understands the, the power of prayer. And yet, this is the, actually the first prayer that we hear him pray in the whole story. Right? Even in the storm, the captain comes downstairs. He's sleeping downstairs in the ship. And the captain comes downstairs and he says, call on your God. Maybe he will save us. And we don't have any record of Jonah actually doing that. We don't have any record of Jonah actually praying, praying to God. I think Jonah kind of understood what was going on, but he didn't pray. But he still understood the power of prayer. A while back we were doing a prayer series, and I asked you, how many of you guys absolutely believe in the power of prayer? And pretty much every hand went up. And then I said, how many people pray as much as they should? And, and pretty much every hand went down. All right, we, we believe, we kind of know the power of prayer. We don't always use it. There's, there's a story that, that I, I love and I have loved for a long time. Sorry of this, this, uh, this <coughs> kind of fundamentalist church in the, in the Midwest who they were in a really small town and, and a bar moved into that town and they said, we are not going to have a bar in this city if we can do anything about it. And so they started praying and praying and praying and asking God to uh, basically not let this bar happen. And so one day there's a storm in the Midwest like there usually is and, and uh, lightning strikes and it hits this bar. And it burns to the ground. And so the bar owner decides, I'm going to sue this church. They were praying for our destruction. And so they go to court, and the guy says, it's this church's fault. It's this pastor's fault. They've been praying for our destruction. They've been praying for us to leave, and lightning hits us. And the pastor goes, wait, no, 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 no. They were just harmless little prayers. It was nothing, right? It wasn't us. It wasn't our fault. And the judge looks at the pastor and goes, this is very interesting. See, this bar owner here believes in the power of prayer, and this pastor does not. I think sometimes we, we kind of live like that. We believe in the power of prayer, but we don't, always, we don't always pray. We don't always pray like we should, right? And Jonah finds himself in the belly of a, of a fish, and he believes in the power of prayer. He knows the power of prayer, and he lifts it up, and God answers him. How often are we like Jonah, though? We're not going to pray like in, maybe in the middle of the storm. And, and here's what we do. We say, man, man, things are bad. Things are, things are really, really bad. Things are, things are awful right now. I've tried everything that I know how to do. I guess all we can do now is pray. I've said that. You've said that. I think if we really understood who we're praying to and why we're praying and, and the gift of prayer that God has given us, that would, those words would never come out of our mouths. Why? Because even in our distress, even in the lowest times that we have, God answers us. God hears us. And Jonah, Jonah prays this. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From, the, from, the, from deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. Right? Some, some, uh, <clears throat> some translations talk about the grave here. From deep in the grave, right? Uh, I, I, the King James Version, I think, is, is great. It just calls, it, calls a spade a spade. From, from hell, is what it says. I called to you, and you heard me. I think, I think it's, 
I think it's, it's, it's essential for us to understand, like, we, we don't just pray at the absolute latest time, but even in the middle of a storm, even in the middle of something going on in our lives, right? It doesn't have to get as bad as maybe we think it has to get before we need to pray, right? But even if we did wait that long, like Jonah did, if we call to God, he answers us. If we call to God, he hears us when we pray. Man, how awesome is that? How awesome is that? In my distress, I called to the Lord. He answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened. You listened to my cry. You listened to my cry. You know, I've often wondered, when I read this story, why a fish? Maybe you haven't wondered that. Why did, why did God send a fish? Like, why not, like, some, some like, wood? that Jonah could just float to shore on? Or why not like a turtle that could like <laughs> swim Jonah to shore, right? Like why, why God, God could have done literally anything. And maybe I am. I'm from judging by your looks. I think I am the only one who's ever thought this, but that's okay. <clears throat> but why, why did he have to go into the belly of a fish? I think sometimes God, like we said last week, sometimes God sends a storm to grab our attention. I think sometimes God needs to put us in our place a little bit to grab our attention and be able to speak to us, be able to teach us. I think that's what Jonah needed here. All right, but even though God didn't send a turtle, I know that's weird, he did a miracle, and he sent, he sent the, the fish. But sometimes I think we, we overlook some of the things that, that God does in our lives. We, we kind of we forget about the, the but God moments, right? Right, even I, I love this imagery, right? It, it, well, let's keep reading here, and then I think we'll get into this. Let's go to start at verse 3. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth barred me in forever. But you, Lord, brought my life up from the pit. There's kind of a, a literary theme in, in Jonah here. Even in chapter 1, if you, if you just read, you'll, you'll be shocked at the amount of, of times the word down, that Jonah went down. And even in, uh, obviously, chapter 2, he's sinking, right? He's going down. But, but then God brings him up, and he says, But you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. I think, I think we forget sometimes to, to, to remember the but God moments in our lives and to be able to, to, to praise God for those moments, right? And this was happening in my life. I didn't know what I was going to do but God showed up and now things are different. I, I, I wasn't sure what I was doing with my life. My, I wasn't sure what, what my marriage, what was going to happen in my marriage. I wasn't sure what was going to happen with my job. I wasn't sure what was going to happen with this. But God showed up and things are different. Sometimes we pray and we, we're asking God to do all these different things for us, right? We ask God to, to do a certain thing and then we like 
you know, five minutes later, we're shocked that that thing hasn't happened yet, right? But then we, when we look back, like if we, if we just wait a while, and we can look back and we can look at our lives and we can see all of the different things that God is doing along the way to get us where we need to go. I think, I think that's some of the most important things that we can do. I mean, I mean, Jonah was literally at a place where every physical option had been exhausted. I mean, think about this. I, I tell the story of a, of a person who, who runs from God. They're in a storm, and he, he asks the sailors to be thrown off the ship so everything would become fine. If you didn't read the rest of the story, what do you think happens to this guy? He's gone. He's dead. He's done. He gets thrown off of the ship in the middle of a storm. He's sinking down. He's done. Right? But God shows up, and God does some amazing things in there. Right? The, 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 the God of the universe, I called on him. He heard my cry. He delivered me up from the pit. And I love this, this next verse, verse 7. When my life was ebbing away, and it, I can kind of see this in movie, like movie fashion in my head. Right? He's sinking down. And maybe you've seen movies like this where they're sinking and then everything just starts to kind of get blurry, right? And I, I just kind of picture Jonah in this situation, right? He's, he's sinking down. His life is ebbing away. He, everything's starting. He's kind of losing focus. I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you to your holy temple. <clears throat> I don't know why, but this, this, that verse especially speaks to me on so many levels. Is how many times have I, have I effectively forgotten about God? <clears throat> See, we, <clears throat> we live in a, in a culture now where to, to get along and to, to move forward in our lives, we don't necessarily need God to do anything. Right? We're, we can be successful. We can make a lot of money. We can do it the wrong way. Right? We, we can forget. Uh, even I think cognitively it's harder to forget. Right? We, we understand if someone asked us who God was, it's not like, oh man, I forgot about that. Uh, that's right. You reminded me about God. No, but, but practically, essentially in our lives, we live as though that we've forgotten God. And again, maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm preaching to myself today. I don't know. But things are going well. We essentially forget about God. And you're saying, Pastor, I don't, I don't forget about God. I don't know what you're talking about. I said, maybe, maybe you don't forget about him cognitively, like I said. But I think maybe you do practically. When things are going bad, though, and we're all about God. We are all about going to prayer we are all about leaning in on God. We are all about dependence on God. But when things are going good, not so much. I think, I think our lives need to be a picture of dependence on God. Uh, uh, our lives need to be a picture of, of just utter, just giving up ourselves to God. I think practically sometimes we don't live like that. We pray when we need Him. We think about Him when we need Him. But in the good times, there's a song out that says, in the, in, even in the good, I'll follow you. I, I never really understood that line. 
Right? But even in the good, I will follow you. In the hard times, I'll follow you. In the good, I'll follow you. I think that's even harder, right? It's harder to follow God when things are going well than it is when things are going bad. Because when things are going well, we like to take credit on ourselves. We like to say, yeah, look, look at all the things that I'm doing, right? But look at all the things that God is doing in your life. Look at all the things that, that God is doing. Right? Don't, don't. He says, <clears throat> when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. And then he kind of gets his, his prophet hat back on, and he says this. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit God's, forfeit God's love for them. There's a, other versions would say grace here, right? The, uh, <clears throat> the, the actual word here is said, which is literally like the pursuing love of God. The pursuing love of God is what, what he's talking about here. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit God's pursuing love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. I think this is just, this is good stuff here. I I love this prayer because no matter what you've done, no matter where you find yourself, God hears you, God can deliver you. God hears you and God can deliver you. And he says, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit God's love for them. What idols do you think he's talking about here? Right, he's praying this prayer all, for, all from his own perspective. Like, what, what do you think his idols were? I think probably his idol was, was, was self. Right? God says, hey, go do this. And I say, no, I'm not going to go do this. I'm going to do my own thing. Why? Why do I think that? First of all, because I think that's dangerous. Right? I'm not going to go to that city. Second of all, I'm trying to preserve what? Myself about self-preservation right, it's a, he's he's idolizing himself he's idolizing his own life right where there, there's been other opportunities in scripture where people go and they're they're killed for for saying the same things they're put in prison for saying the things that that jonah is sent to go and do but jonah says no i'm not going to go do that god that's too dangerous for me right, he's got this idol of himself and he says those who those who cling to worthless idols forfeit god's love for them forfeit this this has said this this god this pursuing love of god they forfeit it if they pursue idols now here's a challenge for you this morning what idol have you been lifting up in your life now let me give you the the biblical definition of an idol here an idol is anything that gets between you and god Anything that gets between you and God can be an idol. He says, those who worship idols, they forfeit the pursuing love of God. But then he makes this commitment, but, but me. But me. Almost like a Joshua-type moment, right? But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All right, in Joshua 24, this is, this is kind of the Jonah version of this. But me, but I with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And as he makes this commitment, it says the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. Again, gross. Ew. Just like last week, right? The fish swallows him, kind of a gross ending to the chapter. This time a fish vomits him up on the dry shore. It's gross. But think about this. God got his attention. 
He was in the belly of a fish for three days and for three nights. And at the end of it, he can pray things like this. When I was in my darkest place, you heard me. When I, was, when I was in hell, basically, when I was the furthest I could possibly be from you, God, you answered me. You answered me. I was going down. My life was over. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer went up to you. You heard me. And if there's nothing you hear from me today, I want you to hear this. That even in the darkest places of our lives, even in the times where we feel farthest away from God, even if you've been running from God for years and God has finally gotten your attention, whether it be through the story of Jonah or through some other things going on in your life, no matter what is happening in your life, God hears you when you pray. God answers you when you pray. That when you send your prayers up to God, Jonah says, I sent my prayers up. He looks toward the holy temple. He brought my life up from the pit. That even in your darkest places, even in the darkest nights, God hears you and he wants to bring you up from the pit. But it's not for nothing. It's not just to say, hey, I brought her up from the pit or hey, I brought him up from the pit. There's a purpose. We'll start talking about that next week. Let's pray together this morning. God, we love you. We're thankful for your presence in our lives, God. We're thankful for for the ways in which that you have have blessed us, the ways in which that you you have taught us, that you have met with us, that you have been with us, God. And my prayer this morning is this, that those in here who find themselves in a deep, dark place, God, would they, would they send up words of prayer this morning? And would you answer them? Would you affirm to them this morning that you have heard them that you are with them, that even in the darkest places of their lives, God, that you have never left. God, this morning we we pray the same prayer that Jonah prayed. We say that for me, with joyful shouts of praise, we will honor you. We will live for you. God, we will give you glory for, for bringing us out of our, of our pits, for bringing us out of our, of our dark places. God, you, you have saved us. God, we love you. And as we go forward this week, our prayer is that you would go ahead of us, that you would be with us at our, at, in our homes, in our workplaces, at the even at the grocery store and the cars as we drive, God, as we, even as we just leave this place, God, I pray that you would, you would continue to speak to us. You would continue to affirm to us that you hear us when we pray, that, that you answer us, God. 
God, help us to see those, those but God moments where, where we, we, we know that you came through. God, help us to give you praises for those things. God, and as we go forward, may we make a difference for you. May we speak boldly for you. God, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Let me pray this prayer of blessing over you. Just hold your hands up. May the God of all glory and of all grace and all mercy and all peace, may he meet you in your darkest place this week. And may you be able to say, he brought me out of my pit. And may that testimony be a shining light for Jesus in the world. Go in peace this week. Amen. Amen. Go in peace.